on last week's episode. Veronica Green, our, one of our faves, Ronnie G, was named the winner. And in the bottom was Taste versus Cherry Valentine. And do you know what? Sheza, she went home. <laughs> Welcome to the Drag Race Recap Show for Drag Race UK Season 2, Episode 3, titled Who Wore It Best? And the correct answer to that is Ben. Ben wore it best. I am Ben. I'm Fraser. Fraser like Razor. <laughs> and you might know us from our podcast, You're Welcome America, where in every episode we translate British pop culture for America and American pop culture for Britain. You're welcome. And for the next six weeks, we're going to be your hosts as we recap the second season of Drag Race UK. Now, before we get into it, let's just do a quick overview of this episode. So in the mini challenge, the, the queens must get low and limbo in their best carnival quick drag. In a reference to Notting Hill Carnival, we'll get into that. Uh-oh. In the maxi challenge, <laughs> problematic, in the maxi challenge, the queens must create their own look and compete against their best Judy for the best look. Yes, and on the main stage, the category is who wore it best. Lawrence Cheney is named the winner of the challenge, while the judges put Estina Mandela and Tia Coffee. Oh my God, we're going to get into the extreme anxiety I felt in this episode in the bottom two. And after a lip sync battle for their lives, Tia is told, Shantae, you stay. Well, Estina is told, Sashay away. Oh, my oh. jangled, jangled nerves. Oh. This was another, this was a, another very, very solid episode. Oh, I mean, this was, yeah. This was so good. It was also, for me, before we properly get into the minutiae, for me, I kept thinking, nothing's really happening in this episode. They've basically got one big challenge. But that was a fool. That was a fool, Fraser, because everything was going on. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I think it, it, it kind of had that good thing where there wasn't too much going on in terms of like, yeah, challenges and formats. So actually it kind of let it let it breathe a little bit and they had mm. enough stuff. <laughs> they had enough stuff going on that there was like a much more interesting workroom chat stuff happening in this episode where it was like kind of all over the place. But like, yeah, I don't know. I felt like we got into some good some good shit. Yeah, it was actually you're right, because it, it felt like we actually just got lots of reality, as it were, just work workroom reality. And it was it was good because I always try and play that game of like, oh, well, so-and-so is getting lots of attention in the workroom or getting lots of their backstory. They're going to be the one going tonight. But actually, we got lots of stories in the workroom. Um, so, yeah, I was, do you know what? I didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah, it was, it was, we, we didn't, yeah, you're right. It, it wasn't easy to guess kind of who was going home based on editing, which was kind of a nice, a nice situation to be in. Um, by the way, yeah. just so you know, um, we're recording again in the evening, not that anyone cares, but it does mean that I'm drinking rosé. Oh, you're doing a rosé because last week, what were you having? Last week I had a and t in honor of, you know, our British gals, but tonight I just felt like a rosé and I, and I got it. And I need to tell you this, this is not interesting and actually nothing to do with Drag Race, but I know I'm old, so I shouldn't be that impressed with this, but I did the thing where I had bought wine and had it in my cupboard and I didn't even put it in the fridge because I bought like a few bottles. I was like, I'll just put them in the cupboard. And today, this morning, I was like, oh, I'm going to have a rosé tonight. So I took a, a non-chilled bottle of rosé out of the cupboard and put it in the fridge and was like, oh, I'll have that later. But oh. the, reason this, the reason this is exciting is because I'm never in my life have I ever just had wine in the house that I haven't just drunk all of it. So if, I felt very, very grown up being like, I'll just select this bottle for later, and pop it in the fridge. I felt like a true <laughs> adult. It was great. You're like, you're one step closer to having that wine cellar, aren't you? Oh my God, please. Dreams can come true. To quote well, tonight, uh, Gabrielle. 
Gabrielle with that eye patch. <laughs> oh my God. I love how, like, two minutes into this episode, we're referencing pop star from the UK, Gabrielle, who wore an eye patch. It's complicated. Just Google it. Tonight, refreshment wise, I am, I'm, I'm doing what you did last week. I'm having a gin and tonic, but I've got oh. to the age where the, play, the place I'm currently recording from, there's already gin in the house. But you know what? I don't want that gin. So I went out and got different gin mm. and put it in the freezer. So it's going to be a bit mm. viscous when I make my G&T. And obviously, you know me, put my ice cubes in, lime around the rim, extra lime in there, and just, you know, and obviously a premium tonic, obviously. <laughs> like me. It's got to be premium. Kind of that, like, rat's piss that non-premium people drink, you know? Like the kind of thing you get from the gun at a bar. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> anyway, now that we're suitably liquored and lathered up, let's get into it. What is the first scene, Fraser? Okay, so we walk back into the workroom to that little bit of music that I'm obsessed with on Drag Race. Bum, 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 bum. Ooh, that sounded, nothing- yeah. <laughs> that sounded nothing like it when I did it. In my head, I was doing it perfectly. So they walk in and Taste reads uh, Shez's lipstick message, which is, I'll try and do it in Taste's accent. Always remember, love yourself first. Can't wait to pop your cherries again. Love, Cherry Valentine. Cute. Oh, good. Nice. <laughs> I was waiting for your official review of my Welsh accent. Thank you so much. Well, I've actually, <laughs> I've actually completely forgotten what Cherry Valentine's accent was. So I was like, no, no. okay, she's she's Welsh. I was doing taste reading the message. Oh, see, I'm already confused. You're right. Taste, <laughs> what's, what was Cherry Valentine's accent? She was from Darlington. Oh, Darlington. like oh, I've been evicted. Oh, I've been eliminated. Oh, pop my cherry. Bit like that. <laughs> I think so. I don't feel feel like we're doing the people of Darlington a disservice. I'm not sorry. It, unfortunately, it slides into my extremely generic northern accent, which is in, encompasses maybe three or four different counties. Yeah, got it. <laughs> so what what I find nice about this scene is that you know sometimes like they get a bit sassy when they're reading the message, then they're like, "Oh well, that bitch is gone," and they wipe it off. Taste was actually nice and quite sincere about it. I thought. Yeah, and then this kind of prompts them to have a quick little chat about, you know, they're like, oh gosh, two two queens have gone, and they kind of they're recapping it, aren't they? And they're like, oh, you know, Joe's gone, you know, Cherry's gone, and then <laughs> do you remember they cut to the <laughs> they cut to my the, the tear to my Tamara to tear coffee <laughs> in uh, in her interview, and she's she's like, oh, you know, I'm feeling good, like Joe's gone, and he was a threat, Cherry's gone, and she was here yeah. <laughs> i was like yeah t- t- i was just gonna say tia's comedy in this episode she's she's on form is our gal yeah she had me like openly guffawing throughout this episode like multiple times and i do feel like even though uh even though obviously she was in the bottom two so you know quite rightly got more attention i still feel like even if she hadn't been Every single little talking head interview they used of her, they would have used anyway, because it was fantastic. Yeah. She has such a knack of being funny, but kind of effortlessly funny. It's not, look, mm. I mean, you know me, I love my gal Lawrence Cheney, but, you know, Lawrence is putting on a show, whereas Tia Coffee is more like, oh, I'm Tia, I'm just, I'm kind of nervous and I'm just fumbling around and, oh, I've done a joke, but I didn't know I did a joke. Oh, I guess I did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the difference between you can imagine. I can imagine going to like a bar with tea or coffee 
and you would have the actual conversation in real life and it would be just as hilarious and you'd have like a fantastic night. Whereas Lawrence is very funny, but she's a little bit like, like she'd come out with like a bagpipe and be like, and it's just a bit like, okay, well, like let's find a happy medium. Not that I'm saying she's not funny. She's very funny, but it's very like, she's, she's a performance. Tia is a natural. Exactly. Lawrence would turn up at the pub and be like, what about the pub? I'll pour you a pint. Everything's like a, you know what I mean? Everything's like yeah. a bit of a, bit of a. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yes. Anyhow. I was imagining her coming in and literally cartwheeling through the door and being like, yeah, I'll call you the new. And it would be like. Duh, 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 duh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> she would, she would come in riding like a Highland, like a Highland cow. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like ringing its bell and be like, I'm Lawrence Cheney from Scotland. <laughs> and that's, that was a pretty good impression. I was quite pleased with myself. Okay. Okay, so at this point, we've got all this fallout going on. Uh, Veronica, who we now refer to as Ronnie G. (laughs) That's Veronica Green, who we're now referring to in this podcast as Ronnie G. So (laughs) Ronnie G um, says here, because she won last week, didn't she? Mm. She's glad that she made her voice heard and she's going to keep speaking up. Because, yeah, in last week's episode when they were casting rats, the rusical, she was very adamant at being the sort of like femme fatale vixen character. And she did so well and she won. Um, yeah. Because I think we, we mentioned in previous episodes, we were con- not concerned about Ronnie G, but we feel very protective of her. But you know what? Ronnie doesn't need our protection, does she? <laughs> she, she certainly doesn't need our help. And yeah, the, the point she was making, especially about that was that Sheza V like was fighting her for that exact part. So if she hadn't fought her side, she actually would have ended up in Shazza V's part and maybe gone home. So it was like, you know, the stakes were high for Ronnie, for Ronnie G. (laughs) (laughs) And then I just love this moment before they, uh, before they, when they, they all said like, let's D drag. And I liked in that exact moment that um, Bimini and Estina just literally popped their wigs off their heads in like one second. And then we yeah. then cut to like Lawrence and like, I think it was uh, Ellie Diamond, like doing that, having, ripping those wigs off of the like masking tape stuck to their head. <laughs> yeah, never, never gets old that de-dragging moment. <laughs> right. Let's get properly into this episode. The next day. Now I just want to point out here or just vocalize what producer Brie has written down in, in her wonderful breakdown for us. She said, it's berets in the workroom. So actually in a berets, we have Bimini, Sister Sister, Ginny Lemon, uh, Estina, and Tace. Whoa. So we've got that is a long list of people in a berets. And I have to say, if we're rating them, there's a lot of black berets, which is fine. Um, Ahura is in a brown, like, leather beret, which is nice. But my winner is Bimini, who is in a leopard print beret. Oh, lovely. Beret. I would say beret. I would say beret. But I would say beret. Ber- beret is the is the American way to say it. So I'm... Berry, beret. Right. See? Beret. Yeah. Anywho. Okay. So, yeah, this is a fun moment. They're, they're like, the queen's celebrating the final 10. I'm like, no, that's not a thing. <laughs> also, come on, just use alliteration. Call yourselves the top 10. The final 10, <laughs> no, that doesn't work. That was me just getting a little frustrated when I when I saw the show. Yeah. Uh, okay, next up, Rue came on the screen and she was like, all right, babes. Uh, you know what people always ask me, Rue, I love your gown. Where can I get one? 
You know what I tell them? You can't, bitch, because it was designed for me and me alone. Let me ask you a question. Are you a fashion spoiler or a frock destroyer? Now, at this point, they all knew that, like, a fashion-y, clothy challenge was was afoot, didn't they? Yeah. And you can see that's when some of them start to have that slight look of panic in their eyes. <laughs> yeah. Ahura, although, like, Ahura was like, yes. She was like, oh, I'm, we're going to do this. She was very pleased. Um, once again, I mean, I probably say it every episode, if you were going on Drag Race, just, you know what, just get a quick, quick hour-long lesson on the sewing machine. Just a little tip for you there. But you know what? <laughs> oh. uh, not everyone not everyone did, did they, Fraser? Yeah, I do feel like though I would I would take a sewing lesson and then I would go on the show and I would forget how to do any of it <laughs> in panic. Yeah. <laughs> so uh so at this point Rue pops down the stairs. She pops out and pops down the stairs in her lovely navy, oh it's like a navy checked suit with a pink polka dot shirt. <laughs> mm, nice. Uh, and then basically Rue announces the mini challenge, which is a um, how low will she go Notting Hill carnival themed mini challenge uh, where they're going to have to get into carnival quick drag and limbo for their lives. Now, right, right, right. Okay. Everyone just, just take a seat. Let <laughs> me just have a little sip of my rosé and let's talk about the Notting Hill carnival. Have a little carnival. sip of your rosé because Fraser, I need to think, I feel like you need to get lubed up <laughs> to properly okay. break down for us what the Notting Hill Carnival is. Okay, so the Notting Hill Carnival is a carnival. It takes place in a certain part of London called Notting Hill. Those parts are evident in the title. And basically, it's all... Ooh, I don't even know when it started. I but I started talking with a lot of authority, and then I realized I don't actually know a lot about it. But I know that basically it's a, um, a carnival which celebrates uh, Caribbean or Caribbean culture, if you want to say it the American way. And it's all based in Notting Hill, and it goes takes place over a weekend, same weekend every year. And it's in the summer, and basically it's like a street party, there's a parade, and there's music, people drink on the street. It's this big like party for like three days, and yeah, it's celebrating Caribbean culture. And basically, over the years, it's kind of become this big London event. And I would say that um, white people have... <laughs> perhaps taking it on as their own event in a way that is a little bit tricksy. So what you'll have is, you know, some like white girls coming up and there's just a lot of, there's a lot of people dressing in ways that are slightly questionable and, you know, being like, Oh, I can wear like a carnival outfit. And it's like, well, let's just leave it to the people whose culture they're celebrating, but fine. And yeah, it's basically this big three day party in a certain part of London. I will say I have never attended it because I've got a fear of crowds and people and anxiety. So I've just avoided it. <laughs> and just remind us, remind us all where, what, what is your heritage? Where, where are your family from? My dad is from the Caribbean or the Caribbean. So it is, <laughs> it is the ideal place for me to go and celebrate half of my heritage, but I refuse to because the whole thing is way too many people in the street and it also encompasses one of my anxiety nightmares, which is needing to go to the toilet and not having any kind of public toilet. And apparently people charge money so you can go in and use their toilets yes. that live on the streets in Notting Hill. But the whole thing for me is just an anxiety, like a panic attack wrapped in like a, like wetting myself in public nightmare. So no, thank you. There you just, go, guys. 
That's the Notting Hill Carnival. You did it. Just to give everyone some problematic context, I think Adele last year, no, 2019 it must have been, she went to the Notting Hill Carnival and she wore a bit of a problematic outfit where she maybe lent too heavily into the culture, we would say. Do you remember that photo? We've talked about this. Yeah, and I had a very strange conversation with my mother, who is white, but, (laughs) oh God, about the whole thing. My mom lived in the Caribbean, even though she's white. There was a lot happening in that conversation, and we will table that for another time, perhaps when we cover it on our podcast. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. (laughs) For this challenge. Now this, okay, problematic things aside, this was a fun little challenge, because essentially Mm. you just had the gals doing a limbo so you had them in their quick their quick quick sloppy droppy drag just limboing under a stick that kept on getting lower and lower so it was super fun and did you hear tia my girl tia saying she as they were getting ready she said she says well luckily for everyone my quick drag is the same as my normal drag so no one will be able to tell the difference she's not wrong she's She's not not wrong wrong. she's not wrong at all and she looked amazing there's a lot of like memes and gifs going around of her in that yellow wig like being like (laughs) (laughs) providing the music for this mini challenge is dj jody harsh Mm. now jody harsh how do we explain her she is a drag queen uh club dj and promoter in london who's been around for maybe like 15 years i would say She's really like a very old school fixture of the like the London scene. But her whole thing, which I think is kind of is kind of crazy and, and and revolutionary, is that she was like she was a drag queen DJing in London, but she's always been like she was cool. Whereas like UK drag at that time was kind of very like like singing some songs but she was always cool and like part of like the club scene which was not you know not common at the time right that's true actually that's a very good point very good point Mm. she was very much part of i think when like east london was becoming a thing maybe in like 2004 like that kind of thing um although i have to say her club nights they're not that fun didn't we go to that one what was that one in Soho that we went to a couple of times? Room service. Do you remember room service? That yeah. one was fun. Well, we made it fun. Everyone else there was taking it quite seriously, but we had fun there. Yeah. I think we went, didn't we go one time and we pretended we all dressed up like we were in spring break and we wore like <laughs> super bright colors and had glow sticks. Yes, we we did. And the theme, there was no theme that night, but we, yes, it was you, me and Jamie and Tom. And we went and yeah, wore like day glow vests and had glow sticks and people were not appreciating it. And also uh, I was really offended that night because they had that professional photographer that took those like very, those very airbrushed pictures that a lot of people have from going to room service at a certain period of time. And it's like, everyone looks very sexy in them. And I think Maybe you and Tom had your picture taken, I and maybe me and I didn't. Okay, just Tom. Oh, it was just I never Tom. Had one either. Okay, well, Tom had his picture taken, and then you, me, and Jamie were fuming because we were like not considered like hot enough to have our room service picture taken. Yeah, I'm like, I'm still actually like, that's why I brought this up because I'm still super annoyed about that. I blame Jody. I blame Jody. I think I, I caught too. tonsillitis that night from hooking up with someone. Anyway, actually, so- I, I, I hate to derail us even further, and I know our recaps are so long, but I just want to tell you about another time in <laughs> East London where <laughs> it's actually at Crystal's club night, and they had a photographer taking like fun, like candid pictures of everyone, but it was very like flattering and very flattering light. And I remember this poor guy who took the pictures. 
tried to take pictures of me that were flattering. And I actually remember him saying, I'm really sorry. I just can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. You, babes, you can take some good pics. Well, I, that's very kind of you, but you have to remember this is that time where I was, you know, really like a big piss head, but he basically just said that he, I, I, I couldn't open my eyes. And I think it's actually because I do have a lazy eyelid on one side, which when I'm drunk gets more pronounced. So I think he thought that I was like winking and he was trying to stop me doing it. But I was like, no, 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 this is my lazy eyelid and I cannot help that. Anyway, this is another reason why Tia Coffee is my girl. Cause I feel like she'd have that problem too. Anyway. <laughs> so Jodie Harsh, Jodie Harsh, she trots in and she plays some music, which is very, in fact, if you could do us your impression of the music in the HBO Max series, Legendary, because that's very much what this kind of music is. Could you do it for oh. us? Face. So that's the music. And one at a time, um, the the girls go under the limbo, uh, under the limbo stick, and it gets lower and lower um, until we get down to two at the end. Now, any highlights or good moments for you during this mini challenge? Um, there was some fun. There was some fun bits. So I really liked that when it when the pole was right at the top. I liked that Ginny Lemon was short enough that she just walked completely underneath it. Yeah. She just like <laughs> looked straight ahead and just walked underneath it. Um, my girl Tia did some just great like bendy body and face work. And um, there was a really good bit where Ahura fell to the ground when she like got eliminated. And then she like scissor kicked her way across the floor out of like frame. Yes. It was very, I, I believe that move has been referred to as swiffering the stage uh, by other podcasts uh, that recap drag race. And yeah, she swiffered her way out of shot. And then there was a long running kind of thing about Ellie Diamond's bollocks hanging out. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and again, my girl Tia, they cut to her and she was like, <laughs> it's her going, is that, is that Ellie's bollock? Is that Ellie's bollock? Oh yes, that's Ellie's bollock, I can see, great. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it really came down to our two gals uh, at the end. Who did we have at the very end? We, oh, we had it, Veronica and Taste. we had Ronnie G. Now I was surprised because um, obviously Estina is a dancer and she's got the most gorgeous body in the world ever. I was surprised she she ducked out so early. Yeah, and Bimini, she's like her whole yes. Bimini's whole thing is about being like bendy East London's bendiest bitch. So I feel like yeah, they you know they they psych themselves out. But I also do think that maybe taste it was more impressive. But Ronnie G is she's a she's a wee she's a wee gal. So I feel like she had a little less kind of a a little less bending to do. But I don't want to take anything away from Ronnie G because I love her. Yeah, I, I in general I was very concerned about their knees and ankles throughout this scene. Yeah, there was a lot of splayed, splayed ankle Oof. and knee kind of angles, wasn't there? A lot of, Oof. a lot of kind of potential. Oh, you know, just not, thinking not about real it. fractures, just uh, a lot of potential st- sprains. Maybe a green stick fracture. fracture. It just, it, it, even just thinking about it makes me. In fact, I remember one. T- have you ever, babes? Have you ever gone over your over your ankle? Have you ever done that? Uh, listen. You don't need to talk to me about going over my ankle. I've done that so many times. I've also broken my little toe on both of my feet multiple what? times. What? Yeah, I, I've broken them like multiple, multiple times in different aspects of my life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, did, I didn't even know that. I was going to say, I once went over my ankle. I was in a club, East East Block in London. And I, I, it was a night where I was not drinking and they had like a sofa in one of the rooms and I was dancing in the back of the sofa and it wasn't high and I just hopped down like to go to the bathroom or something. And I just went over my ankle and I tell you what, 
for about four weeks, my ankle was swollen. It was like when I told people like, oh, you were in spot, Oh, you were drunk. You were off your face. I was like, no, I was just, I was just doing my thing. Thank you. So this is, this is actually a public service announcement just out there. Just be careful with your ankles. Okay. Be careful jumping off of couches in clubs. I mean, yeah. oh God. Oh. Okay. Jumping off of couches in clubs. Oh, back in the day. Um, right. It came down to the two of them, but they both, Ronnie G and uh, Tace, they both fell at the same point, didn't they? The last minute, they did. Yeah. Well, it was pretty. It was pretty low. <laughs> yeah. So once once they've won that challenge, Rue asks the girls to basically pick their best Judy. So pick their their closest friend. So they all pair up, and then um, Rue announces that the person you paired with is now going to be your fashion frenemy in Who Wore It Best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so at this point, um, they're all paired up. Let's just talk through the pairings. We've got Veronica and Tia, Tace and Ahura, Ginny and Sister Sister, Astina and Bimini, and Lawrence and Ellie. Um, and then what happened? Because Veronica and Tace won the mini challenge, they got to assign boxes to each team. Now, each box had a color, and inside the box was material in that color. So basically each team was going to get a box material to make their outfit from. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we had green, black, pink, blue, gold. I've been just, which box did you want? Well, to look at the box from the outside, I would have wanted gold. Mm-hmm. Um, and then seeing what fabrics were inside it and what went on the runway, I think I probably would have stuck with gold, actually. I think gold oh. was the best one. Okay. Okay. I'm trying to think maybe a blue i think maybe i mean obviously i want to go for a pink but actually i think like a gorgeous blue for me yeah i i think the i think black was a an easier choice or a safer choice i guess and gold gold was like and actually actually we'll get to it when we talk about the when we talk about them opening their opening their fabrics so they basically all kind of get to get to work and then this is where we have a little a little kind of interview with a horror and she talks about she said this very cryptically she talks about how she went to the UK's top fashion school. So do you think she went to Central St. Martins? I'm Googling it right now. Cause yeah, when she said <laughs> that, I was like, mm, Ahura, sure. Ahura Fashion School. <laughs> Googling Ahura Fashion School. <laughs> school UK. Where? Oh. What? Mm, okay. Okay. It says, I've got an article saying the former. Outwood Academy Valley student. Wait a minute. I need to know. I need. <laughs> that sounds like that was her secondary school. <laughs> it does. It does. Otherwise, I was like, oof, that sounds really. Wait, wait a minute. Oh, wait. In this article, it says she works for Gucci. Ooh. What? Like, that's some. I don't know. I was about to say, that's impressive. I don't need to tell anyone in the world that that's impressive because <laughs> it fucking is. Yeah, I, I don't know where she went. But yeah, it must have been like a central. If she's saying it's the best, it probably would be a central St. Martin's. Yeah, well, if this if this article you're telling me is correct, she works for Gucci. Then yeah, it must have been Central St. Martin's. Hello, okay. Well, for yeah, for any any US listeners, that's a very reputable. I believe the that's the the Parsons School of Design <laughs> of the UK. <laughs> I only know what Parsons is because of Project Runway. But anyway, of course. What, whatever. Okay, so the, all the gals are. Um, in the workroom together, they start opening up their boxes. So yes. sister, sister and Ginny, uh, they've got their pink fabrics. 
Um, I was excited about them getting pink, particularly Ginny and particularly Ginny in particular, because obviously she's Ginny Lemon. So I was excited to see her in a different color. And I really, I was glad that she was so up for it. You know what I mean? Because I, I was worried she's going to be like, I only ever wear yellow. This is going to be tough for me. But she seemed to relish this. Yeah, I, 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 I like that. There's a lot of things in this episode that made me love Ginny Lemon even more. But yeah, I, I know I know exactly what you're saying. She was just like, yeah, and Sister Sis, they both were like, sure, why the hell not? And actually, I feel like this is when they started, everyone started looking to their fabrics. And I think that a lot of these fabrics were like, looked pretty good. I know that on regular American Drag Race in the past, especially when they've done like themed boxes, not necessarily color themed boxes, but I know that in like season six, they did the like TV show themed boxes where someone had like a Game of Thrones box and someone had like Duck Dynasty box. And I know that a lot of them had like a lot of weird shit in them as well as like, you know, fabric. So I know that in those design challenges, like people had to make a lot of kind of, you know, things that have like weird duck hunting, netting and that kind of stuff. Whereas I feel like this was just fabric. They didn't, they weren't trying to make them, they didn't like fuck them over by making them have to add anything stupid like that. It wasn't like a, to reference project runway again, it wasn't unconventional materials challenge. It was very much like, here's a box of like actually pretty decent looking fabric that you can do whatever you want with. It was quite, um, it was quite like a stripped back challenge in a weird way, wasn't it? I think, I think because we're still in the early days of Drag Race UK, it still really needs to kind of prove itself. So it's like, no, we want you to do well. We want you to look good. So we're going to give you the best, you know, foundation possible to do that. There's no, there's no jiggery pokery going on here. <laughs> I great, just wanna, use. great use of jiggery pokery. I uh, also want to give a, a real shout out to producers Bree, producer Bree's note here that just says, Tia struggles. <laughs> yeah, she's, she basically is talking about how she's, uh, you know, there's every girl, there's a girl in every season of Drag Race that you watch that says, I don't know how to sew. And you're sitting there at home being like, oh my God, how did you not learn? And she's like, that's me. <laughs> yeah. Then we've got together, we've got a, a, a horror and Tace. Um, and Tace isn't, despite being like an utter fashion goddess, she's not really a sore either. But those two teamed up and Hora essentially offers Tace help um, because we know they're friends, if not more. Oh, saucy. Speaking of, Rue does a walkthrough. Let's find out what happened here. <laughs> so yeah, this is Rue's walkthrough. Uh, so she, Rue's first of all talking to Sister Sister, um, uh, you know, <laughs> great. And <laughs> I'm, listen, I like okay, Sister Sister, but okay. I, need to, I need what's to... What's going on? What's going on? I'm still not over her dry shaving her face <laughs> yet last week. Just using like a, a, like a Bic, like a disposable Bic razor to dry shave her face. I'm still just like so like shaken by it. And, you know, as someone, as someone who gets very bad shaving rash and has to like throw a million lotions and potions and this razor, that razor against the grain with the grain, put this on it, use that balms, this, that. I was very triggered by seeing just someone just dry shave their face with a Bic razor. It's, it's going to haunt me till the day I die. Anyway. Okay. You've got your razor issues with sister. (laughs) So sister, sister is with Ginny. They've got the color pink. Um, sister is telling Rue that she takes inspiration from vintage clothes and then she recreates them in her own way. Um, I think at that point, Rue says something along the lines of, well, that's what designers do. That's essentially the thing that's going on. 
sister, sister in general, like she's good. I just, everyone else is so, and sister, sister is not boring. She's a, she's a weirdo. And again, I'm using that term lovingly, but she's just not quite enough for me. Yeah. It's, it's, it it feels like she, yeah, she's just not, she's not shining as much as the others. And it's not got anything to do with her lack of talent or anything like that. It just is what it is in terms of it being a TV show. I think that's what it is. Yeah. She might be one of those people in like in two episodes time, if she's still with us, she might have her breakthrough moment or something. Yeah. You know what I I mean? Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of personality in that room to try and get past. Speaking of personality, she's with uh, Ginny Lemon. Uh, Ginny's going to go for a trashy eighties look. Uh, At this point, Rue challenges uh, Ginny to maybe sort of uh, lean into her sex, lean into sexuality and sexiness and use a corset padding and, and because everything that Ginny's worn up into this point is is not form fitting it's very loose and so yeah so rue's saying hey why don't you bring in some some sexiness to it we'll see a different side to you yeah and then that's Ginny. kind of after that is like it's that it's a little kind of segment of Ginny kind of being like oh that's not really my thing i don't i i uh, that's just like really far out of what i would do and i think rue's like kind of questioning her being like well do you not think you're sexy and it's kind of like a it's the first little bit we get of, of finding out a bit more about Ginny this week where she's just kind of yeah. like, she's basically kind of like, oh, I'm like a clowny kind of character, not a, I think she's leaning into, yeah, just being a full clown rather than the other girls who are like sex parts or sometimes try to be sex. I don't know that it's, it's definitely, it definitely, Rue definitely talked to kind of a vulnerability that she had, but actually she didn't shy away from it, which is pretty fucking cool, I think. Yeah, no, she Ginny picked up the cues here and she went for it. Yeah, uh, which we'll see later in the episode. And yeah, at this point, don't, one of them asks, "Oh, Rue, what are you wearing?" or something, and then Rue flashes this suit. It was this product placement. I was very confused what was going on here. Bearing in mind this well, is the BBC, so you can't have product placement. Well, let me tell you something, Ben Anderson. Thank you. I was I was all over Discord after this episode finished and was reading a lot of shit. And there was a whole big discussion about this. And the the, the general consensus is that I think on iPlayer or when you if you watched it on the BBC or BBC iPlayer, you didn't see that scene. And apparently that was a something they left in for like worldwide where you don't have to adhere to the product placement rules, apparently. Wow. That was some real investigative work going on there. Oh, you, you know I cannot say that word. <laughs> Invest. Hang on. I'm going to just try one. I'm going to take one quick run. This is me. This is like me. You're Ginny and I'm Rue and I'm like, come on, you can do it. I know you can't say words, but I want you to try for once to say a word, say investigative. I was going to say, you say it, and then I'll say it straight afterwards. Okay, okay. Okay. Investigative. Investigative. Nope. Nope. Okay, I'm going to just do one more. I'm going to take one more run at it. Okay, I'll do it. Wait, let me me cue you in. Investigative. (laughs) Investigative. Okay, I have... You you know, because you've seen me try and say this word before. I'm not doing this for, like, to be be cute. Investigative. Nope. Was that right? Investigative. No. Invest. Invest. Negative. Investigative. Nope. Nope. It's gone. It's gone. It's ne- it was never there, babes. Okay. <laughs> so next up, we've got uh, Astina. Wait, who's Astina with? Who's she teamed up with? Bimini. 
They're, oh, Bimini and Estina, right. they're in the blue. Estina and Bimini in the blue. So Estina here, she says she's kind of going for an anime schoolgirl look. And I was, I was intrigued and concerned because my feeling with Estina this whole time is that she's been body, oddy, oddy. And she often gets away with wearing like a couple of bits of fabric and then very little makeup and not much else. So I was, my, 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 my concerned flag was already rippling in the wind here. Yeah, I, I like the, I actually really like the reference point that she was talking about. It's kind of like that. Yeah, it's very like Sailor Moon you know, kind of aesthetic, which I think is very cool. But I'm, I feel like, yeah, well, we'll talk about that when we get to the actual outfit later. And then uh, Bimini, yeah, Bimini kind of said that she's going to go, <laughs> she's her look is a well-dressed stripper. And then we have a lovely moment where Rue's like, oh, are you going to put balloons on this outfit? And then we get that clip again <laughs> of, uh, of Bimini, where they, again, they do her so dirty, where they like suck all of the music out of the clip. And it's just the sound of her like popping balloons really limply in like silence. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so next up we've got the we've got the Scottish queens. I loved Lawrence and Ellie working together. Um, they were talking about if you do drag in Scotland, where I am from, listeners, there's not much money uh, on the drag scene. So you might get paid like fifteen pounds for a spot, mm. uh, which is obviously not a lot of money, particularly when you put so much effort into it as they do. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, Ellie was talking about how she works through a drive-through. Classic BBC. We're not going to mention the the fast food chain that the drive-throughs. It's McDonald's. Yeah. She works at McDonald's. Um, I'm surprised. I'm surprised on Wow Presents Plus we didn't get Ellie looking into the camera and being like, "McDonald's, <laughs> I eat it. I love it." Da 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 da. Shablam. Um. So yeah, and then so Rue asks, you know, if all the Scottish queens, do you have a side hustle? And Lawrence says, yeah, he's not quite sucking willies yet, which was a do lovely it, do moment. It. Do it in his voice. Well, you you asked me as Rue, and I'll do it as Lawrence. Oh, so does that mean all the Scottish queens have a, you know, side hustle, notch, notch, wink, wink? I'm not quite sucking willies yet, Rue. <laughs> I I thought this was, I thought that when they were talking about the the, the lack of money, I think you kind of said it there, but like Lawrence says it, you know, she goes into it and kind of says like, you know, you get, you, you're at home, you're getting ready for like three hours. You drive yourself to like a gig, you know, you, you've done all your own makeup, your own hair, you've like choreographed your own performance. And then to get 15 pounds for like, for one night's work, I know. it's crazy. And then also the, the tip situation in the UK is like very different yes. to the tip situation here because of the, because of how money works. Like you can't throw a pound coin at a <laughs> drag queen well well fun fact so in england you don't have pound notes in scotland you do have pound notes fun oh. fact but in general you 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 touched on it there tipping is just not a thing in the uk ever like you would if you're at a bar in the uk and you tried to leave some money as a tip the bartender would be like oh you've left this money here like you do not tip in bars yeah so like yeah I've, i'm trying to think if i've even been to a drag show in scotland because I can't even, I remember being quite shocked when I came to, to the US and saw like a drag show and people were throwing money in the stage. I'm like, what is going on here? Yeah. Well, it's just that, that yeah, it's that thing of, I guess it's in the, in maybe in England then and like Wales and stuff, the, the denomination is kind of strange because yeah, you couldn't, there's nothing under five pounds that's in a note form. So like, I don't feel like, I feel it's quite a commitment to give a drag queen a five pound tip rather than a one pound tip. But I guess yeah. maybe... 
I, I don't know how it works. Anyone in the UK, you tell us. But I, I imagine it was that like a tip bucket that goes around and you pop your pound in there instead. I was thinking, I was thinking a bucket. You put your coin in, and the person taking it around as they get close to the like jingle the bucket as if to yeah. say, you know, put put your money in. They jingle jangle this bucket because it's not oh. even like here. It's not even like here where queens in like you know digital drag shows they're putting their Venmo link up because Venmo is such a like easy platform to for strangers to give you money. Whereas in the UK, you'd be like, what? you'd be like, here's my here's my bank account number, and my sort code. If you just want to pop on your NatWest app, you can only do it if it's NatWest to NatWest. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yes, because obviously Venmo doesn't exist in the UK. Tell you what, when I moved to the US the first time, so okay. One thing in the UK is no matter what bank you're with, say in the UK phrases with the Bank of England and I'm with the Bank of Scotland, we can easily transfer money to each other from bank to bank, like super easily. So it blew my mind when I got to the States. And if we're you're at Bank of America, I'm at Wells Fargo, we just cannot send each other money. It's just like, uh, it's, it's just not a thing. It's just one of many things that <laughs> this country has a lot of things happening that are very minute and confusing. It's so so, so weird. Like so many things in America are so much more advanced, but then so many things like banking, it seems like it's the nineties. Like here's a checkbook. I'm like, what? Or like at work filling in a paper time card. I'm like, what is going on? Anyway. Madness. 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 You're listening to (laughs) us, America. United States of madness. Right. Next up, who do we have, babes? Oh, well, Lawrence just drops a little bit of tea here that uh, there's some sexual tension between Tace and Ahura and drops that to Rue just to be like, I know the producers have told you this behind the scenes, uh, but instead of you having to bring it up and them denying it, I'm just going to openly say it on camera so <laughs> that there's no way to hide it. Anyway, so then uh, Rue pops over to Ronnie G and to my girl Tia, uh, and then basically it's kind of, you know, this is another great joke from Tia where Rue's just like, oh, you know, uh, you got voted Baroness Basic. Like, how are you going to come back? And Tia says like, oh, you know, it gives me a chance to actually do something kind of creative and out there because everyone thinks I'm going to be terrible. And Rue's like, oh, so can you sew? And she says, I've sewn before. And then Rue's like, oh, just some oats. And she's like, yeah, mainly oats. She's like, around South London. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh. This is like one of those moments where you're like, this is going to be a real mess, but I'm so excited about it. And not in a mean yeah. way, in a lovable way. Yeah, absolutely. What color have they got, babes? They have green. That's they have the right. Tr- they have the worst color. I don't, well, but Ronnie G, I feel like green's, green could be made for Ronnie G, I think. Yeah. But well, she we'll chooses, she chooses green sequins, not like Tia's outfit is made of like green screen fabric. <laughs> A morph suit. Completely. Oh my god! Imagine if someone, if they got green, and someone just made a morph suit, and you just walked down the runway and you went, "No, they'll edit it in afterwards in post. They'll just put it in." That's pretty funny. Be like, yeah, no, they're going to edit in a really good outfit afterwards. <laughs> oh god! Right. Uh, next up, we have a horror and taste. Now they've got black, haven't they? Now mm. here's the thing. I was thinking black could be a really good choice. It could be sexy. It could be safe. I don't know about this this black material and black colors going in here. I thought it was a bit it was a bit boring. Yeah, the others. I think the others had some better better fabric, like especially that gold box. They had some really like I don't want to use the word luxe, but like pretty good stuff. Whereas yeah, the black thing was that's the problem with black fabric, especially on TV. It all looks a bit flat. 
It does. It does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're right. Do you know what, babes? You're absolutely right. But I do. Do you know why I paused to think though? Because we're. I don't know if you know the listeners, but Fraser and I are both TV producers, and I was just filming a show today remotely over Zoom. I tell you what, we've had problems with some of the talent wearing black, and they just won't listen to me. I keep on yeah. saying to them, "I don't want to lose you. I don't want to lose you." But do you know you, what? They won't I, listen. It, it looks flat, and you lose all the details. So when people are like, "Yeah, but this is a nice black outfit," I'm wearing. You're like, "I can't tell over this. You just look like you're wearing one solid black outfit." Like, I'm like, Babes, I want you to pop on screen. You know, you're the star. Anyway. You don't, you don't want them to strobe. That's what happens if you wear stripes and you know, too small stripe pattern. But wait a minute. In, in the US, they say something other than strobing. They say like, oh my God, the word. It's like, oh my God. Strobing is, I'm sure many listeners know. Strobing is like when you've got material and you put it on screen and it just goes really crazy. Like your eyes go all over the place. Anyway, um, God, we, <laughs> let's move on. We really that that actually, if you want to know more about TV production, I've got a TED talk about TV production. Oh, do, you like this, do you like this long running gag that isn't very funny where I just pretend I have various TED talks in different subjects? I'm pulling the plug on that TED talk. I'm like, there's no power in the building. It's like, zoom, it's done. <laughs> okay, so we've got a horror and taste, and they've got all the the black materials now. Obviously, Rue's been chatting away to Lawrence Cheney. So Rue asks a horror and taste uh, about the romance rumors, um, yeah. and then they're taste. pretty, they're pretty evasive about it. They're pretty like, oh yeah, oh, we did. Yeah, basically, know. they've clearly hooked up at some point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and then Tay says that uh, Lawrence wouldn't know sexual tension if it slapped her across the chops. <laughs> chops, what a great chops, word. Chops, chops. Uh, it was funny, the reactions to that, because Lawrence clearly wasn't listening. Lawrence was busy, like, making a gorgeous outfit. And someone was like, Lawrence, did you hear what they said? She's like, no, I didn't. Um, but then Estina was doing like, oh my God, savage. I'm like, it, it wasn't savage. It was just a joke. Chill out, Tina. Anyway. So, uh, at this point, now Rue's Tina. gone around Tina. Um, at this point, Rue's, you know, she's seen all the gals, and she makes a quick announcement before leaving, and she says that on the runway, the judges will t- determine the one queen that wore it best out of the two, and the other queen will be up for elimination. Mm. It's pretty, it's a pretty good, I mean, you know, it's not really like a shocking twist, but it's very, it's it's a smart, a smart bit of kind of production just because like we said there's not much in this episode so then to then make them pick their best friend and then pit them against each other it's a fun little little summon summon a little morsel to nibble on for the episode yeah it definitely shows definitely shows like conflict because okay say if you and i had teamed up we'd want each other to do well but we'd also want to win but you don't want to screw the other person over and also as we've noticed in the uk series and the uh canada series people are warm and like each other and don't want to fuck each other over so this really forced a bit of drama yeah well yeah uk reality tv is generally not that cutthroat compared to american it's usually about trying to be likable a personality over being like yeah you're not really praised for being uh super competitive or cutthroat yeah and this is where Tay says in her accent, she's like, there's no Versi Persies, just tops and bottoms. What Versi, Versi Persies? What's Versi Persies? Well, you know, uh, <laughs> what she would call a versatile person. Oh, got it. She, didn't, yeah, because she says that, because it's it's just tops and bottoms, so there's no verse people, no Versi Persies. 
totally, <laughs> totally didn't click. Love it though. <laughs> so as, as we just said, you know, the niceness of the UK, uh, not all of the UK, I will say, that's a story for another time. Uh, Ronnie G is concerned here because she doesn't want to screw over Tia. Because uh, we know Ronnie G's lovely and Tia's lovable. So yeah, that is that is hard. That is hard. Yeah. Um, and they they all they genuinely the pairings that they're in, apart from maybe Ginny and sister sister, seem to know each other, like genuinely know each other from like the scene. And I'm not saying Ginny and sister don't like each other, but I just I don't know, everyone else genuinely have either actually hooked up or are from the same country and hang out or I don't know. It just seemed like very real pairings, didn't it? Yeah. Um oh, but that's because but that's because they got to choose. They yeah, chose I paired up with so Yeah. Oh, so now we have a beautiful little segment with Ginny. So she uh they're kind of just like going, you know, fanning about and just pluck it at the fabric and chit-chatting about pink. And then Ginny kind of, <laughs> Ginny basically is like, oh, you know, the reason I wear um, yellow is because it's the color of non-binary. And then basically she opens up and tells her story here. So she says that, you know, she kind of, this is a mixture of like interview and her talking to um, to sister, sister. She talks about how she had, you know, a really hard upbringing, very like working class upbringing with those kind of very defined you know, binary male, female roles and, you know, how she didn't ever feel like she could fit into one of them or neither of them or both of them. And, you know, um, she's really just telling all of that to sister, sister at this point. And they just have like a lovely chat about it. Um, And then basically she then starts talking to Bimini afterwards because she's like, Bimini's like, oh, you know, I'm also, I'm non-binary and you're non-binary. And they have just like a beautiful conversation about it and you know again Ginny in her interview she says that she grew up thinking that she was like ugly and stupid and uh it just it it broke my heart hearing her tell her story it's just so kind of I don't know just you know whatever your kind of whatever your like upbringing or your like coming out story there's always everyone's got that little piece of like hideousness that happened to them and I always think about my very minor hideousness compared to a different situation I could have been in that would have been like nearly all hideousness. And it's just, I don't know. I feel like we could all understand each other on that level. And I don't understand any gays that don't have that and they can all fuck off. I know what you're saying. I also think for maybe both of us who look like in quotation marks men and we have beards and a lot of our, Love the way we look, and maybe some of the clothes we wear are quite stereotypical male. Again, I'm right. using quotation marks. It, that's so different to growing up being non-binary. Um, yeah, so this was a really lovely moment. And then Ginny said something so heartbreaking, which was that she 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 needs to learn to love herself because she doesn't love herself yet, mm-hmm. and it's still a work in progress. I was like, fuck, yeah. that is just intense. And also, it made me think of her kind of act in general is so loud and garish and like, look at me. Oh, fancy a slice. It's so out there that, and I think Rue was maybe touching in this. It makes you think, are you just, are you slightly hiding from something because you're so out there and wacky? Is it like a, such a defense? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and just from like the history of this show, the, the Queens, the, come in like that but also are willing to actually be a human being are always the queens that do well because it it just 
you know, they have a very solid established thing, but also aren't afraid to like tell you why they are the way they are. And I don't know, I just felt like this was a, a perfect, perfectly timed time to find out about Ginny and find out a little bit more about her as a, as a person. It was, it was really nicely done. And actually I am, um, I saw some funny things that uh, they both posted about this episode, but uh, Bimini, one of Bimini's comments was like, oh, by the way, <laughs> you don't have to, if you're non-binary, it doesn't mean you have to have a yellow mullet. <laughs> I know, because they both had essentially the same hair and the same color of hair. That kind of like super, super yellow. It reminds me of like Gaga during the telephone era, that kind of yeah. yellow of hair. <laughs> yeah. And then you also posted something that really made me laugh. And it was like, it was just a screen screen grab of the two of them hugging. And she said, she said, isn't it nice to hear two non-binary people have a conversation about it without Piers Morgan? <laughs> she she really hit the nail on the head there it's like yeah why don't we have two people who actually like identify as that talk about it in a completely uh, you know frank and honest way rather than having some dumbo like trying to talk about it being like oh lgbtq plus xyz oh i just can't keep up with it all (laughs) what about my rights eh what about my rights you know is there like a is there like a men day yeah. Um, yeah where's, I, where's straight pride? Every day's fucking straight pride. Go fuck yourself. Piers. <laughs> Piers. Um, I think at that moment as well, I think Jenny, no, it was Bimini said something so obvious, but I was like, yeah. She's like, well, you know, you can't, no one else can tell you how to feel or who you are or who you want to be. It's completely up to you. Don't let anyone else tell you. I'm like, that's such an obvious thing to say, but yes, so true. Yeah. I just really no, appreciate no, that. No, I, I completely agree. And I think that's kind of the Piers Morgan of it all is that whole thing of like, yeah, you can hear all this bullshit that people are going to talk about it, but it's like, I guess it's that, just to make it break it down even further, it's that thing of like, if you've ever had someone say to you like, oh, I, well, I think, you know, I think being gay is a choice. And you're like, uh, and then your head explodes because you're like, I am gay and I know it's not a choice. Yeah. But you aren't. And you're saying that I uh yeah it's just do do you know what my reply to that is in my head i'm always like okay just want to know so are you gay oh you're not okay well i'm coming from from me someone who's had 35 years experience of being a homosexual i can tell you it's not a choice (laughs) and if i had another chance to choose i would fucking choose it all over again and rather be myself and be an amazing gay man than being a piece of shit straight person just like a you motherfucker Piers Morgan. Piers Morgan. <laughs> Just a note to our listeners. We have lots of wonderful straight people and straight allies in our life. And we know you're out there as well. We're directing, we're directing all of us at the Piers Morgans of the world anyway. <laughs> So just to put a few buttons, a couple of sparkly buttons in this scene. We've got um, Ahura helping Tace save her look because Tace doesn't know what she's doing, essentially. So she, Ahura, she, she, she's so like a, she's so a sleeve completely shut so that she can't oh, yeah. put her arm in it. <laughs> uh, and Ahura clearly fancies, has the hots for, that's US to UK or UK to US translation, uh, has the hots for Tace, uh, so wants to help her out. Um, and also we had a slight moment of like, oh, Ahura, maybe you are a good person here. Because Ahura says something like, I don't want to see anyone, you know, do badly or something along the lines of that. Although- yeah, and she pretty, much, she pretty much says like, I know everyone thinks I'm a moody old bitch, but actually I, I do want to help people. <laughs> yeah. Although later she becomes a moody old bitch again. We'll come back to that. And then finally in this scene, uh, Tia uh, decides to do a complete 180 in her look. 
and, and and do a redesign. And Veronica, Ronnie G is understandably very nervous for her. Yeah, I feel like she kind of said it like she's like, oh, I'm just going to do something different. I think she maybe couldn't quite <laughs> pull off what she did, what she planned. So she was like, I'm no. just going to do because actually doesn't she say herself? She's like, I'm going to put a bow on my head because I know how to make a bow. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> right. We are going to take a quick commercial break. I'm going to go top up that gin. I know you're going to root around in your wine cellar for another bottle of uh, bottle of vino. And we'll be right back after this. <laughs> <laughs> and we are back. And I think that I would be remiss if I did not mention Tia's amazing joke that she made, where she was talking about redoing her look. And she said, she's like, oh, well, you know, whoever won by playing it safe. Except in the context of sexual health. <laughs> it, it was very strong delivery. Very strong delivery. Okay. And I really, I really do. I really like. You've got, more, just, you've got more to say. You've got more, got more to more say in your Altia coffee. What I is it, babes? What to say about my sister to my sister that I feel like that it just, you could tell in that moment that wasn't even a like, it's not like she came to Drag Race being like, oh, I'm going to do my stay safe sexual health joke. I think she just like said it. Anyway. Let's talk about it. Some more stuff. What else is going on? Okay, so it's elimination day. So uh, they're back. They're back at it. They're back at doing their looks, aren't they? So Estina here, she's done early, and her look is quite simple. She's got the blue, doesn't Uh-oh. she? Again, yeah, exactly. This was again a moment. I was like, oh god, no! And doesn't she have a conversation with Bim- Bimini? And Bimini's like, do you know what? Just, just put some bits on it. Just you know, decorate it a bit. <laughs> Like, oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Just uh, like just embellish it a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah, just a little more. Maybe some details. Nice details. <laughs> oh, I feel like I've really got Bimini there. That was really good. Shocking, I'm a gin. <laughs> talking of talking of gin, uh, sisters helping Ginny Ginny pad uh, their body to look sexy. So yeah, so Ginny's not worn any kind of body pads before. So she's uh, sort of strutting around with big old hips, kind of getting used to it. It was nice. Nice moment, Ooh. like seeing her her transform and, 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 I don't know, just dip her toe in the world of sexy. And good for her for even considering doing it because so many queens come to Drag Race and are completely rigid in what they want to put forward that they would never, you know, they've got that, they're, they're so set out in their mind exactly what they're going to do on the show that the idea of suddenly doing something spontaneous like that makes them completely lose control and eventually get eliminated. Yes. So good for I, her for I like think- doing it. I think that might have been a problem with Micho Black. I think mm-hmm. if Micho Black had, had had that critique, she would have been like, no, I am a crooked, evil pantomime dame from Brighton. It'd be like, bye, Joe Black. And she is gone. <laughs> you imagine her disappearing in a puff of smoke at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I will never wear hip pads, RuPaul. <laughs> 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 right next up we've got uh a hora and she is oh yeah she talks about her her fashion industry experience which watching the show was very dubious about but now we now we know she works for gucci well, yeah, do we? Yeah, wait I, don't a know, I don't know if i trust your sources <laughs> i don't know do you think do you think she like works in duty free and she's a spritzer girl for like gucci perfume <laughs> Listen, we'll never, we'll never know. Maybe she sells knockoff Gucci handbags at the market. With I, I feel like we're never going to get the intel. <laughs> so she's saying here, a horror saying here that she's blacklisted, listed in the fashion industry. Um, she's sort of caught between two worlds because in the fashion industry, no one takes her seriously because she does drag. Um, a normal hire as a designer. 
um, but she wants to do drag and she's sort of caught in between two worlds. Although I have to say, I was a bit like, do you know what? After the phenomenal conversation earlier um, about being non-binary, I, I really do not care for this conversation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, week. yeah, yeah, it's a little, this was a tough week to try and insert a, another storyline about about Ahura's, you know, issues of the fashion industry. It was a little, uh, a little tough after hearing something so perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so next up, we've got Ginny. We're, well, we're back to Ginny, aren't we? She's putting on the, the, as as Brie, producer Brie has very correctly written down here, Ginny puts on the rubber tits. She's right. They're <laughs> yeah, not this, breasts, they're tits. Yeah, she puts on the, the, uh, the, the, what are they called? Uh, boobs for queens. Chest, like the breast. Chest plate. Yeah, breast the breast plate. breastplate, I think it is. Yeah. And, and she's, rubber tits. Thank you. It's rubber tits. <laughs> but she's doing that great thing of like, she, she's she's wearing so, so at this point she's not got a wig on or any makeup she's got the 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 breastplate on with like nothing covering it but then also hip pads so she's got tights on over the hip pads to give the hip shape but there's nothing else going on so she just looks she looks completely insane but actually in a way where like i almost believe that she could have got on the runway dressed like that because <laughs> yeah. she's like amazing <laughs> and Lawrence says, Ginny looks like a sex doll with googly eyes. So googly, googly eyes. I don't even know what you'd call them in this country. But like, I think I might be crazy saying this. I do feel like googly eyes might translate. Hang on. Let's ask a real American. Jesse, what are googly eyes to you? Yeah, googly eyes. Oh, yeah. He said, yeah, googly eyes. So, yes. <laughs> Turns out UK to US relations are strong. So uh, the final part of this before they get to the main stage is Tia just says that she's shitting herself. <laughs> she, she should be. <laughs> she should be. We're all there with you. Right, babes, before we put that finger on that little button to get the lights going um, and cue, and cue the, the sound and everything, any other notes before we move to the main stage? I was just going to say again, because you know I love a diversion. Because we don't really talk enough on these episodes. Speaking of googly <laughs> eyes, do you remember the little? Thing, <laughs> you know exactly what I'm going to talk about. There's little things that were like a little puff, a little puff thing that had googly eyes on them, and then like a long kind of. They had like a long piece of like ribbon coming off of them, and then you take they they would have a sticky bit on the bottom. I feel mm-hmm. like I, I feel like I'm not describing this very well at all. But do you know what I'm talking about? I know 100 percent what you're talking about. And the sticky bit, the sticky bit in the bottom was a flat piece of paper cut out in the shape of feet, and you peeled off the back and you stuck it places. Like yeah. if someone, if someone was a bit funky, they might have had a collection of them on their dashboard or their car. Yes, it's, it felt very like you'd have one like stuck on your pencil tin at like school. A pencil tin. Oh, oh my yes. god! I feel like saying that made me sound like I went to school in like the Victorian. I got out of my pencil tin <laughs> and I drew oh. in charcoal from the fires. Anyway, <laughs> let's get to the main stage. Okay. Cover girl. What did you think of Rue's outfit? I wasn't crazy I, about it. You you weren't crazy about it. No. Okay, I'm I'm looking at it right now. I look, I love a sparkle, always love a, a hot a hot pink and a bright orange. Elements of it I really like. What's what's your problem? Well, here's the thing. With the the way that you kind of, you know, assess Rude's outfit, it's never that she looks bad. 
no. it's just a case it's just a case of me loving every other outfit more so that really is the actual that's what i'm actually talking about i just liked some of the okay. other outfits better well there was the metallic that, like, pride outfit well yeah, literally remember yeah that's exactly what I was about to mention was that that pride caftan that was one of the most beautiful things I have ever seen in my life. And I, I actually want it like to wear it every single day. Oh, so um, I, I do really enjoy Rue's hair here, but I will say it does look like dried ramen. <laughs> you think she's got the kind of Justin Timberlake uh, kind of noodle noodle head a little bit. Yeah, bit of a noodle wig going on touch of the noodle wig so basically at this point rue announces you know who's there and it's uh obviously michelle visage looking amazing in in leopard print uh we have graham norton as uh <laughs> as rupaul calls him graham norton g-r-a-m graham norton and then mm-hmm. guest judge model now let's let's get this right her name is Jordan Dunn. <laughs> but it's, throughout Jordan the- Dunn. It's, not, it's not Jordan. It's Jordan not Jordan Dunn. It's not Jordan Dunn. Even though her name is spelled Jordan Dunn, she's just called Jordan Dunn. But uh, Rue actually calls her Jordan Dunn at this point. But in the beginning of the episode, she's trailed as Jordan Dunn. And then obviously, obviously uh, you know, Jordan Dunn's actual line is like, you can call me whatever you want, basically, <laughs> yeah. which I think was funny. So, um, so basically, uh, how, how do we want to talk about Jordan Dunn's uh, look that she's wearing? So well, what's your experience of Jordan Dunn? Like, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, my experiences of her is all I know is that she's incredibly beautiful and she is very much like a considered like a, a next generation, you know, uh, black UK supermodel, a la Naomi Campbell. Um, and that's kind of the extent of my knowledge of her. What I know about her, I like, but I don't know much. Yeah, I'm the, I'm kind of the same. I feel like she's someone over the years, if you're working like TV or entertainment in the UK, like her name crops up a lot. They're like, well, no, we're thinking of booking Jordan Dunn. You're like, yeah, okay. But you don't actually know much about her. Yeah, she's quite an enigma, isn't she? But she's mm. gorgeous. And she basically is doing that thing that proves that you can, if you are a gorgeous model, you can literally wear anything. She's wearing essentially like a, it's kind of like a, uh, like the, uh, it's like the structure of an outfit, but as if it's made of like bamboo or perhaps if you made it all from like elastic bands that you like stretched across like an exoskeleton. <laughs> mm-hmm. The word, the word rattan is coming to my head. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes yeah in the the 90s in the uk you might have gone to habitat to buy like a rattan um uh laundry bin you know so it's and actually because it's all going in one direction it's yeah you're right it's like it's like it's the one direction of a rattan weave so like if you if you did the weave downwards or whatever way it isn't it would it would finish it and create an actual full rattan outfit do you see what I mean? Yeah. It's like, cause it's all going in one direction. If you just went against the grain and, and wove in some more rattan going down, you'd have a full rattan outfit. <laughs> what I will say is I know that there's definitely been talk before it back in the old series of drag race that Michelle tried to experiment with some like fun shoulder details. And um, apparently like it's quite like a no, no to have a bit of your outfit in Rue's single shot. But I will say that those rattan shoulders were peeking into Rue's main shot quite a couple of times. <laughs> Look, she's a, she's a model. She can do absolutely whatever she wants. Um, oh, I, I just noticed what producer Bree's written here. She said that Jordan Dunn is wearing the coolest look that looks like popsicle sticks put together with fringe. Mm. 
Popsicle sticks or ice lolly sticks, if you're in the UK, is a very good way of describing it, actually. Yeah, it, it looked yeah. like a very high concept children's ice lolly stick, popsicle stick kind of creation. Yeah, we'll, we'll accept yeah. that. So then we have a very specific UK reference moment where Rue says to Michelle, you know, she's doing her banter and she's like, who wore it better, Kat Slater or Michelle Visage? Because Michelle Visage is in leopard print. And in the UK soap opera EastEnders, there was a iconic character called Kat Slater, played by Josie Wallace. And uh, she always wore leopard print on the show. And she was very brash and like very brassy. And then basically Rue and Michelle in a wild moment reenact one of the most famous scenes of Cat Slater in EastEnders, which is, I'm going to do the, uh, oh, who do you want to be? Do you want to be Cat Slater or do you want to be the other one? I, Michelle I don't, Ryan. I, I, I'll be Michelle Ryan. Wait, what are the lines? I don't remember. I don't know this. <laughs> There's literally one line. You do both. No, you do both. <laughs> I want you to do both lines. You've got the voice okay. work. Okay, it's an iconic EastEnders line from the soap opera EastEnders where Kat Slater and her sister are having a fight in the street and Kat Slater reveals that she's not actually that she's not actually her sister, she is her mother. So this is how it goes. They're having a fight in the street and Kat Slater's like, come back, you can't go there, you can't do that. And she turns around and she goes, you ain't my mother. And Kat Slater goes, yes, I am. <laughs> And it's an iconic reveal of the fact that she was secretly her sister's mother the entire time. And the fact that Rue and Michelle are doing it is like, I'm like, you know, a little round of applause for a, a fabulous UK reference. They've done their work, done the homework, haven't they? They have. Ooh. Right. Right, I've down, yeah. some, I've down some rosé and let's start talking about this fucking runway, shall we? Okay, babes, you take it away. Who's up first? So first up is uh, in the black looks, it will be Taste and Ahura. So Taste comes out first and she is she's done like a kind of a structured like jacket dress, which is all kind of deconstructed safety pins uh, and also, you know, a big shoulder a la Jordan done. Um, and it's kind of like this very like... I think I even heard her reference. She's trying to do like a Fenty, like a fierce kind of Fenty black safety pin kind of look. Now, the only issue we have here is the fact that she has reused the horn hair from the Welsh challenge, but it does work against her. But imagine if this was the first time you were seeing that. I thought it looked pretty cool. She'd like put um, like earrings and like other, like she'd really embellished the horns and made them really work with the outfit. So it's kind of a shame that she wasted the horns actually on the Welsh look weirdly because they made more sense here, which is strange. Right. Yeah. Agreed. I thought she, I thought she did pretty well, a lot better than I expected. I mean, yeah. she is utterly gorgeous and is essentially a supermodel so she can carry anything off, but and she's also got the body to be able to do like a deconstructed thing. But whereas imagine like Lawrence Cheney trying to do like a deconstructed thing. It just wouldn't work. Oh yeah. You have to, you have to be like, you have to be a model to pull off a deconstructed outfit. Otherwise it, yeah, it just looks like your outfit's falling apart. Yeah. So beside her in the, the team, uh, wearing the other black look is a horror. Now, obviously stakes were high for a horror because she, you know, she worked for, she worked for Gucci in duty free, didn't she? As we feel well know. Um, <laughs> so her look, she's got big, blonde hair which i would describe as um christina aguilera during the Candyman period um yeah. or maybe during like or, or maybe during um uh moulin rouge that yeah kind of it's, it, look. it feels it feels like it was not to get too specific but from that from that Candyman album from the back to basics album maybe more around the, the like the kind of 
uh, ain't no other man slightly moving into the hurt period. Maybe I think just like end of end of the back to basics era. I think it's when that got blonde it, hair got, got even bigger. Yeah. So she's got black sparkly shorts, she's got puffy sleeves, a long train with big white curly hair, as we just discussed. And she says she's serving Diana Ross and Mae West. Mm. Um, and producer Bree's yeah. written the note here. This look is reminiscent of Shower Needles in the Bitch Ball. Yes. Uh, oh, actually, S, I beg your pardon, S to C in the Discord pointed that out. Now, yeah. I was very disappointed in this look. And I think one of the reasons being is because it was all black. You couldn't quite see everything. Yeah, it, you, you again, it all flattened out and you lost all the detail. And actually, I have to say, uh, Estes is very correct. That's a very good reference to Sharon Needles in the Bitch Ball. And it's worth pointing out that Sharon Needles, it's worth pointing out that Sharon Needles' outfit was actually, I think, had more impact, even though it was much more simple than a horror's. And, uh, and, you know, she made that as a part of a ball, which meant it was like one of three looks. And she also had to coordinate with a dog. <laughs> oh, wow. So, you know, it, oh, yeah. Oh, you have to go back and watch that that season, Ben. It's very good. But, um, yeah, I, I know what you mean. It feels, it feels perhaps like if this had been in any other color, we would have got all of the different details and the, like, the work that went into it. Because it's like she clearly can make stuff. It's got nothing to do with that. And it's almost that thing of like being so good and doing it in black that it looked boring because it was actually like so well constructed and like just it ended up looking kind of average because it wasn't because it was in black. And yeah, it just, I don't know. There's just something about maybe the other designs that had like more kind of creativeness because they were like winging it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I totally agree. It's it's almost like this is vaguely too good and vaguely yeah. too down to earth. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, okay. she made like a, a really good outfit that was kind of, yeah, I don't know. Right. Next Who we got? Up, Who we got we've next? got Ginny Lemon. Okay, so we've got the pink team up next. We've got Ginny Lemon. Oh, Ginny Lemon. So we had high <laughs> hopes for this, didn't we? And she really <laughs> took on board the Rue's um not critique but Rue's suggestion to try to go sexy and she'd put on mm. her her hip pad she'd put on that um she put on her rubber tits um and she came out she's got a long um yellow wig on and she's got yellow tights on so i appreciate she's still harping back to the the lemon of it all and then she's got essentially like a sparkly pink tube dress that does not fit her yeah it was kind of like a like a slightly saggy kind of lurex kind of fabric, wasn't it? It wasn't, it yeah. needed a belt. It needed a belt for sure. It was all very simple, but the thing about her look is that I guess I, I understand the, the criticism of it later, but actually it, it didn't, to me, it didn't matter so much that it was simple because what she was doing was making more of a statement about changing her look. But again, you have to imagine that if you were like the guest judge that week, like if you were Jordan Dunn, then you wouldn't, you wouldn't know any of that backstory and know any of that stuff. You'd just see someone and be like, oh, that's kind of a uh, quite a hodgepodgey look that's been put together. Yeah. It was nice to see someone who clearly never worn breasts before, not know how to, to wear, to construct a dress and put over the breasts. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, still, I have to say I the still... yellow, the yellow and pink, the yellow and pink went very well together. Yeah, and I still think that Ginny Lemon, as they say, put on a very good runway presentation, despite the fact the outfit was bad. I was still very charmed by it. By what was going on? Just the way, she, just the way that she like conducted herself and the way she did it. She, it was funny still and entertaining to look at. She was being all like, you know, like all like, ooh, 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 but it was like the Ginny Lemon version of sexy, which was still funny. 
Yeah. I thought it was, I thought she, she did very well, but the outfit wasn't great. Yeah. Yeah. And then you lost the pink team. Up next, we had our sister, sister, who I still haven't forgiven for the shaving incident. And um, so she had like this kind of, I don't really know how to describe this outfit. It was a kind of, <laughs> it's just a lot going on. She had a blue face, a uh, big blonde hair and a pink bow. And then, yeah, like, how do you describe this outfit? You describe this because I'm, I'm, okay. I'm slightly lost. Imagine, imagine if you were in a very fancy but dusty and old school Beverly Hills mansion that had all those kind of ruched curtains and you pushed a button and all those ruched curtains kind of like folded up into themselves. It it kind of looks like her sleeves and her pants are made out of that kind of dated very ruched material. I I loved when you described Beverly Hills curtain. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. That's very specific. Um, I did love how she talked about the pants. She was like, are they pants? Are they like a long boot? What are they? Who knows? It doesn't matter. Quite enjoyed that. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So you're really not into this look. And also on her sort of chest air, she's got the big circle, which harps back to episode one with the big circle. You know, you know, you know how I feel about branding. And if you don't, you should go check out my Ted talk and branding because it is strong. So you're not into this look. No. Uh, Next up is Veronica Green. (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry, who? (laughs) Ronnie G. Sorry, I had forgot. So Ronnie G is up next and she's in a kind of, her outfit is green sequin. So she's got red hair, which is a lovely thing with a a lovely accent with a green sequin. And it's kind of this, uh, (laughs) it's basically a, a long skirt and top with a cape. But her whole thing is that she has, she has hemmed it. She has lined it. That is a gown she has created. It's quite simple, but it's simple and effective. And again, because it's in, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Because it's in sequins, it's, uh, it works on screen and you can't like anything in a sequin. You just kind of are like, Ooh, it gives you a little something, something, you know? So it, it kind of, I actually think that her outfit, if you looked at it for like way too long, it probably was kind of not that exciting but the 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 green shimmer and the red hair together the poison ivy kind of palette just always works for me so i guess and because i love ronnie g so maybe i'm blinded by my love Mm, i think this was a very good costume from a school play (laughs) what play batman and robin Yes, if a high school put on a production of Batman and Robin, the Joel Schumacher version, uh, yeah, this would be Poison Ivy. No, but, but I, I don't know. Like, that would be that would be Poison Ivy. You know, like there's always this, that scene where she goes to like the ball and then reveals yeah. herself. That would be the pre-reveal. So it's like this is Poison Ivy. She hasn't revealed herself yet, but she's in a sequin green gown. Yeah, <laughs> or it's a bit maybe. More- <laughs> For her, um, for her, for her solo number, because obviously it would have original songs in it. So that would be for the Poison Ivy number. What's that song called? What's her original song in in uh, Batman and Robin the musical? It would be called Poison, and it would be like it would be like, and I get the poison from the ground and put it on your lips. Oh no, it would be called Poison Kiss. That's what it would be called, Poison Kiss, because you know, there's that. That's how she gets them. It would be like, yeah, it's called Poison Kiss. Okay, that's very good. Uh, let's I just, just let's just let's put a pin in the fact of Batman and Robin the musical because this is something we need to discuss <laughs> at extreme length, maybe just in real life as friends or on some kind of recording. Okay. Uh, so also in the green team, we've got your gal from Clapham. It's Tia Coffee. Now, 
Tia is wearing, um, she, I mean, it's the green team. She's got a one shoulder lime green top. that's got a bit of a, a bit of a shiny frill over the, I don't know, the asymmetric top bit of it. She's got a big bow, but we know she, she knows how to make a bow. And then she's got what I would refer to as like a, a I don't know, like a Robin Hood meets Peter Pan, Tinkerbell goes to the ball skirt. Yeah, it's very yeah, it's very Tinkerbell does green screen clown slightly adjacent outfit, I would say. Yeah. And she in in her own words, as uh, she does it says in her voiceover, I'm serving you an adequate dress made of material that's on my body. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also when she comes out, when she walks, she does a sort of like snake wave motion with her arms to distract from the dress, which I adore. <laughs> She's so funny. It's like, okay, I don't mean to keep doing old drag race references for you, especially because I cannot seem to get past season six, but in season six, it's very, um, it's very Adore Delano in the very first challenge that they did where she did the toddlers and tiara look, which she basically had big blonde hair, like a bow stuck in the side. And then she just like wrapped all of this like tool and fabric around herself and was basically like, okay. And then literally the exact same thing happened in the critique where Rue was like, you look like shit. And she was like, well, how about I throw some personality back in your face and you will still love me, which is exactly what uh, my girl Tia did. So I'm just saying, everyone, little shades of uh, Adore's, Toddlers and Tiara's looks and personality here. Okay. Yeah. And, her, and also her hair makeup's pretty good. Yeah, she looked, I, I, yeah, neck up. She looked beautiful, as Michelle says later. Neck up. <laughs> neck up. Right, next up, we've got the blue team. Who have we got here? So as Tina Mandela, she comes out. So hers is a, yeah, kind of a, Navy pleated skirt, long pigtails, and yeah, just this kind of a uh, velvet, velvet top. And uh, yeah, she, I, I, I can see what she's saying when it, the, the, the anime schoolgirl kind of Sailor Moon vibe, but they are right in the sense that it is coming across a little ice skatery because there's not enough of a, it needed something around the neck to make it that like anime schoolgirl. It needed like a white, a white collar with like a little, um, you know, those black, like, are they called bolo, bolo ties? You know, like a bolero. Like, no, no, I think they're called bolo ties. It's like what the colonel wears in KFC. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like oh, a te- yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yes, like yes, a yes. like a thin black kind of thing around the neck. <laughs> wow, also, my reference point is is Sailor Moon and <laughs> the Colonel Sanders from KFC. Also, she's really relying heavily in her legs here. She's got the super mm. short skirt, and then she's got these white platforms on. Her like, I just think. I think I've seen an, like her legs are phenomenal. She is a, a, yeah. a phenomenally gorgeous creature of this earth, but I, I don't want to see these legs again. You know what I mean? I, if she was wearing like really f- imagine this, but with really amazing flared tailored flared pants. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even because that, well then if we say that the top has also got some issues cause it's basically just like a skin tight top with no like construction or like padding. So She's got some real, like, basically showing her beautiful male body. Anyway, yeah. listen. Uh, who's who's on her team? Oh, Bimini. That's Bimini, oh. Bimini Bomboulash. I think this is a fantastic look. So also in the blue team, we've got Bimini. Now, her look is she's got a navy, a navy blue long dress with appliqued cutouts, sheer backside, uh, hair fascinator, and she's got these big 
sort of messy hair that that has the fascinator in it. It's got lace on it. It's I just think this is pretty pretty cool. Is is she wearing the same hair that Crystal wore in her Drag Race official picture? Huh? I think she might be. There's there's some point in this episode where I think that. Oh no, no, that was in the mini challenge. No, was it? Yes, in the sorry, in the mini challenge. I'm getting very confused. In the mini challenge, I think she's wearing Crystal's hair from her promo picture, from her promo look. You know, that short, that very short, like short kind of Sia-esque, but like puffy wig. Oh, I know what you mean. I know what you I mean. Think, I think it was in the mini challenge. I'm so sorry. My rose adult brain, like all of the this synapse is just connected to a different conversation and different part of the show. So now I'm back to the runway, clicking back in. But yes, I thought Bimini looked, she looked gorgeous. Really like, really interesting. And again, she she found a way to make detail, to put detail in. And I love the, fu- the fact that the whole back was just sheer and you could just see her beautiful uh, ass to use the UK version. And also up until this point, she's been a bit of a gloriously messy queen. Whereas here, this was pretty high-end and sophisticated. Yeah, this was polished, but still with an edge of like the fact that it was sheer at the back, but it looked classy. Yeah, this was a, a real serve, as they say, on the streets. Now, should we talk about, should we, should we hop on that Virgin Pendolino train and head up to Scotland and talk about your, your gals? Just to, just for our US listeners, the Virgin Pendolino train, it's a train that goes up to Scotland. And what's fascinating about it, it leans. So you got some people get a bit queasy on it because so it can go fast, it really leans on the tracks. It's like a Japanese bullet train that takes you from London to London to Glasgow and stops at some very beautiful places en route. I'll show you, I'll show you my Japanese bullet train. How was that? Okay. All right, Lawrence, let's calm down. So let's start with, I'll do Ellie and you can do Lawrence because she's really your soul sister. So Thank Ellie you. comes out and she's doing this kind of, I think she'd even talked about this in her, in her kind of walkthrough thing that she's doing this Marie Antoinette look. And actually she's, a, she's made a, she's a smart cookie here because she's basically made a gold, like a gold sequined leotard, which actually in drag race terms is very like, don't come out on the main stage in just a leotard because you will get like red to filth. But because she's a creative genius and she's a very smart girl, she did these very like ornate kind of pearl things coming off of the off of the um, the leotard, and they're all like connected to like her hair and her hand, but still connected to like the garment. There was I thought this was really beautiful actually. She she turned something very simple and she styled it and like added a lot of detail that I thought was like really interesting to look at. I, I thought this was a really, really good look. They also later they they reference pirate wench, and it is like she's gone into the bit of the sh- the pirate ship where they've got all the booty and all the gold and treasure, and she's just rolled around in it. Yes, yeah, completely. Yeah, they've they've captured her, put her on, thrown her into the hold, and she's rolled around in all of the treasure, and now she's emerged the the pirate queen. <laughs> <laughs> she, yeah, she looks. It was it was great. And I think they say later on, you know, if you, it was a very strong look, but if you were in another team, you would have won. But she was oh. up against Miguel Lawrence Cheney. So oh. Lawrence trots out onto the runway. And as soon as she's at the back of the runway, she kind of does that, that, I don't know, that arm movement, which is basically like, ta-da, as if to say like, <laughs> look at me. And she, I'm very proud of my girl here because she's a comedy queen 
But here she's she's gone full, full vampy glamour, which I'm mm. very happy about. She's so um, good. She is wearing a fitted gold gown that's got sheer sleeves and uh, all the kind of gold fitted bit is sequined. She's got a big bow. She's got pearls. She's got white hair. She just looks really, she's gorgeous. Stunning. Yeah, stunning. She looks she looks stunning. She references herself uh, when she was kind of in her voiceover. Voice. She's basically like, she's like, I may look like I'm 40 years old, but I look great. And she's kind of right in the sense that she does look like a, she does look like a much like a much older gal, but like she looked just like she had like that her like tit tit contour was like so gorgeous, like that plunging neckline with those. She's really contoured her tits in like a beautiful way, and like her makeup was gorgeous, like the fit of everything. She just looked; it was just so. She looked amazing. I was really like, I think I literally went <gasps> when she came out like that. I like it, it took my breath away. I thought she was beautiful. Yeah. Oh, so proud of her. Right. Should we get to the critiques now that we've been through all the gals? Yeah. So let's just do a quick list. I'll I'll just quickly run through the pairings and who won. I'll just, I'll like run through it quick because obviously we're going to get into like the details. So in Taste versus a horror, a horror wore it best. Uh, Ginny versus Sister Sister, Sister wore it best. Uh, Ronnie G and Tia Coffee broke my heart. Ronnie wore it best. They're right, but still broke my heart. Um, Estina Mandela and Bimini, uh, Bimini wore it best. And then Ellie versus Lawrence, Lawrence wore it best. And also was named the winner of the goddamn challenge. So quite rightly. Quite rightly. Quite rightly. Yeah. Okay. What happened next? So they all trotted off, didn't they? The tops trotted off backstage. They all all get to... Yeah, the tops get to go and sip on whatever is in that very dubious looking uh, fake <laughs> cocktail that they're given. It's really, that stinks of the art department, those glasses with the umbrellas in it. And you know for a fact that it's just orange juice in there. That is a warm, a very warm orange that's, juice. That's a warm Tesco orange juice. And we're not even talking like from the chilled cabinet. We're talking the long life orange juice that's like, doesn't even need to be chilled. That's on the, you know, in a carton on the shelf, you know? Concentrate concentrate yeah, yeah absolutely made of con- from concentrate and it's the tesco own brand definitely i used to drink that we had that in my house as a child that's why i know that taste <laughs> okay so we have the bottoms on stage and they're going to get their critiques so first up is taste now uh michelle says the makeup is stunning but as you mentioned earlier fraser the hair is too similar to the dragon look from episode one was that yeah yeah, it's not, so, enough, not enough time has passed to reintroduce us to a horned hair look. Mm. Uh, Graham Graham says it's fashiony, and Jordan uh, says that uh, she would actually wear that look. It was a bit more defined, which is a fair point because, as we mentioned before, it was deconstructed. But I just don't think taste has it in her in her ability currently to make it more defined and more more fitting. Yeah, but also I will say that once the tops left. And everyone was back left on stage. It was very clear that like Ellie, Ellie had the best look and taste had the second best look. Like it just was, it kind of yeah. changed the way I looked at the outfit once the tops left. Uh, next up was uh, Jeannie Le Mans. Um, Michelle said like, <laughs> do you like that? A little French reference for you there? <laughs> Le Mans Jeannie. Uh, Michelle said, you know, she's like, I'm really glad you listened to Rue and you tried out something different and you, you tried the sexy thing. Um, but, you know, obviously what you're missing is the, the accentuation of the waist. And actually this, at this point, Jenny pulls her dress in and you see that they're all like, yeah, look, you have a tiny waist, like you should have done this. And then Michelle, yeah. Michelle's like, 
those heels <laughs> and they do a very close zoom on her literal like they're not even a kitten heel it's like whatever's younger than a kitten it's like a, a, a like a kitten fetus heel like you know what i mean a glimmer and like a, a tom cat's eye heel that she's wearing so low and like very unflattering but still yeah. weirdly enough still kind of ginny and kind of iconic and made me laugh yeah it's like how, also- how weird how weird would she look in like a, a full-on like fuck me like stiletto i don't think it would be her yeah but but she's got it in her like when she when they made her holding her waist i was like whoa yeah so. she looked yeah she looked good and then and then gram you know old old 10 grams uh he he basically said you know the the color the color popped and i he like he loved the color combination but then he kind of said like it's one of those outfits that the longer you're looking at it the worse it looks, which is, which yeah. is true, which is true. And then Jordan, uh, <laughs> Jordan Dahan, she said, you know, they, she kind of echoed a lot of what they're saying that, you know, if she had pulled in it in the waist, it would have been a much better outfit, but she quite rightly says your personality shines through. And again, you have to remember that Jordan Dahan has never seen Ginny before. So she's, this is her first impression she's getting of her. And I think she's yeah. actually, she nailed it there where she kind of said, yeah, you have a great personality, which she does. Now, this is the point in the episode where the tears start. And I'll tell you what, when they start, they don't stop. So Rue's oh saying to Ginny here, you look gorgeous. You know, why don't you think you're sexy? And and Ginny really opens up about feeling worthless. Oh, um, and Rue challenges, who challenges her to accept her identity empowered by her new look. This is heartbreaking. Yeah, because, yeah, she's, she's like, oh, look, you can, yeah, Rue's like, well, just, she's like, this can just be another side of you that you can do, you know, and make you feel good. And yeah, this was, because it, it was so real. It was just like, oh, yeah, forget the fact that a horror can't get booked at Gucci again. This is the real <laughs> shit, you know? <laughs> a horror can't get another shift at duty free to do the Gucci, Gucci spritzing. You know, this is what we <laughs> want to talk about. <laughs> Right. Next up, oh. it's your girl. It's your girl, Tia Coffee. Well, actually, no, it's, oh, no, it is Tia Coffee. I beg your pardon, yeah. because here we're back to the greens. So, oh. <laughs> Michelle says, um, yeah, Tia, well, Tia makes a kind of, Tia, get, a good girl, good girl, Tia, gets straight in there, makes, makes the judges laugh by saying that, oh, Michelle, I know you're going to, I know you're going to love the look. I know you're going to think that, you know, I should have won. And, you know, I think everything's perfect. Um, <laughs> it's like, great absolutely deflect with humor here like you did with your your snaky arms on the runway um michelle says that she loves her hair and bow and that's pretty much it yeah yeah graham uh says that he was distracted by the snake arms um and he said that comedy queens struggle uh, sometimes with these sort of fashion challenges and she well actually what did graham say, say here graham said that he wanted tia to get away with it but she didn't. yeah this this was this was a little bit later when they're kind of just uh when they're back everyone's backstage he basically said oh well, the comedy queens a lot of the time they think they can just kind of with the these fashion challenges they can just get away with it and sail on through and he's like this time she did not sail That's on through and get right. away with it. you're right That's babes you're right saying. babes yeah and then Jordan Dahoon, she Jordan, basically said, sorry, it's Jordan Dune. Oh, is it? Oh, it's jo- uh, okay. Oh, it's Jaws. So Jaws the movie. So it's Jaws the Revenge <laughs> Part Three. Dan, uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Okay, okay, okay. fine. Uh, yeah, Donnell, Donnell Mill. Yeah, got it. Uh, she so she basically says 
don't hide your frame, you know. And they basically, again, they talk about the fact that, or maybe this is in a text that I had with uh, with our friends George and Teddy. I think it was Teddy actually. They was he was saying like he's saying uh, Tia's basically like a like a sample size like skinny tall skinny yes. like chick. Like she she should be if she if she knew what she was doing with her body and design and that kind of stuff, she could be wearing the same stuff that like Tace is wearing and have that same like fashion angle. But because she's not that kind of gal. It's just not really happening for her in that sense. And this yeah. is the point that Eddie pointed out that, <laughs> and he said this with love because we talked about how much we love this character, that uh, Tear reminds him of, do you know you know Bill the lizard from Alice in Wonderland? Do you remember that lizard that climbs the ladder in the house when she's like, <laughs> do you know who I'm talking about? What, what What's happening right now? What are you, know, you going Al- on about? You know Alice in Wonderland, the Disney version, the yeah. cartoon version. Yeah. Do you remember... <laughs> the bit where Alice gets, she gets really big and she's in the house, in the white rabbit's house and she gets stuck in it. And the yes. dodo is there and the dodo is like, oh, look, there's a lizard with a ladder and it's Bill the lizard. And he's like, Bill, old boy, go up the ladder and smoke the monster out. Remember? You got to smoke the monster out. And it's Bill the lizard. And he's like, I'll go up the ladder, governor. And then he goes, it's a monster and runs away. I feel like you're not with me on this page. <laughs> I'm Listeners, not, I'm, anyone, I'm, I'm <laughs> screaming into the void about Bill the Lizard from Alice in Wonderland. He's a lizard, and that's what tear coffee looks like. <laughs> I'm sending you, you okay? When you're talking next, I'm going to send you a picture of Bill the Lizard, and you're going to absolutely agree with me and Teddy and George. Okay, I do want to agree with the fact that yes, if she were wearing the right clothes, and if someone basically told her just before going the runway, you look phenomenal, and gave her a slap and said, go strut down that fucking runway and sell this, like she could absolutely kill it. And, and so I'm hoping that later on, if she if she's still with us in future episodes, that she manages to work that out. Meanwhile, listeners, I'm opening up a text from Fraser, Bill the Lizard. I do not remember this character. Really? I mean, he has a very small role in that movie, but it's very pivotal. He's the lizard with the ladder. Smoke so the I'm, monster out. Look, out of, in that movie, who do you think I was focused on? Who do you think I was relating to? Who do you think I was looking up to? The Queen of Hearts, obviously. Of course I fucking was. Of course. I was, I'm not I, thinking you know, about Bill the Lizard, who like looks like he sweeps a fucking chimney. You know I love the B characters in, in uh, Alice in Wonderland. You know I, and you know I can do many good impressions. I can do the caterpillar. Who are you? A-E-I-O-A-U. Oh my and God, you know, right. you know for a fact, I'm going to do it because we're talking about it. I can do the mad fucking hatter from Alice in Wonderland, the Disney cartoon. Mustard? Who said anything about mustard? Let's not be silly. Right. Oh, God. So by this point in the record, you can hear that that Fraser has had quite a lot of the rosé from his wine cellar. And um, I definitely finished my gin. So um, quick note here on Tia from Producer Bree. Were those real... were those real tears from Tia? She's asking. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They were. Yeah, right. yeah. Let's move on. Let's get on to. Let's strap in those ice skates. Let's get on to that ice rink. We're talking Estina Mandela. Mm. So yeah, they 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 say to her actually, without the necklace, it would be twenty times better. And she like rips it off. But actually, I think that was a mistake because I don't think it looked that great. Anyway, uh, Graham said that he was like underwhelmed, and he, she was actually the one he was most disappointed with, which is pretty harsh. 
I, I have to say uh, I agree because she has she has the bare bones to be phenomenal and she's yeah. got the overconfidence as well. But she just I think I think Estina's issue is she's too young. She doesn't know who she is, she doesn't know what she is, she doesn't know what her lane is, and yeah. she's just not ready. Yeah, she's skated by on how beautiful she is, maybe a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Jordan Dune said that all she saw was legs. We agreed, Jordan Dune, but you know, we're in episode three, aren't we? So that was what we thought in Meet the Queens, but we're past that now. Mm. And then Rue quite rightly points out that, yeah, she, the, the kind of skin tight top, she hasn't padded it and it's not constructed in a way that has any kind of illusion. So you're getting a lot of man shoulder. And that's when Rue's like, you know, this is why I wear a one shoulder top because I don't want to, you know, she's like, the customer needs to not know what they're buying or <laughs> whatever she said that made me laugh. Was very I can't good. remember. Okay, then we got to get to we, we got to get to uh, one of my one of my northern queens. When I say northern, I mean north of the border. Thank you very much, geography fans. Ellie Diamond. So as we mentioned before, Ellie Diamond, she essentially shouldn't have been in uh, the bottom. It's just that she was up against the mighty Lawrence Cheney. Um, Michelle loved the fact it was a sort of pirate wench. Uh, look, and she comments on the fact that look, you shouldn't be in the bottom. Um, mm. Graham said that it, it gave him panto vibes. Now, at this point, producer Bree has written what panto? Oh God, here we go. So, panto is pantomime. Every mm-hmm. uh, holiday season, every Christmas time at your local theater, there'll be a pantomime like Cinderella or Jack and the Beanstalk, Dick and- Whittington. Dick Whittington, um, and it is a uh, kind of low-rent musical for all the family, and you go along and you watch, and there's always a drag queen involved, uh, even though this is for a very straight audience, and it's very uh, it's very slapstick and out there and not nuanced in any way, shape, or form. So that is the vibe that Graham was getting. Meanwhile, Jordan Dune said that she got Beyonce. How do you no. feel about that? No. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> nice try, Jay Dune Dahanahun, but no, incorrect. <laughs> okay. Meanwhile, those are the critiques. There's a bit of a kiki going on backstage, isn't there, babes? Oh yeah, this is tough. So this is quite like a, a, a very quick little bit of uh, untucked, but a very quick and powerful little bit of untucked. So Lawrence Cheney is kind of like saying like, oh, Ahura, I thought you were going to win actually, even though Lawrence was on that one. So she's like, you know, I thought you would. And then Ahura basically is like, she said that she's devastated. And quite rightly, she said that like, you know, that the fashion thing was meant to be her thing. So this was meant to be her shining moment. And she kind of got yeah. outshone by a comedy queen. So that's tough. But but I and, believe Lawrence here. I believe that Lawrence was like, I, I genuinely thought that you might have won this because it's, yeah, it's he, 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 she, he, she, I shouldn't say that. Uh, she, she did look genuinely shocked when she won the challenge, but she looked great. And like yeah. we said, the detail picked up on camera. And then um, this is when Ronnie G kind of, says quite bluntly she's basically like well i think actually you spent way too much time and energy helping taste and making sure that taste had like pulled it together which was quite direct and intense from old ronnie g but she ain't wrong yeah yeah and also ronnie g is sticking to her guns of um continuing to speak up which i really appreciate so good well, for, good, for, good for old ron 
she needs to stick up for people here because this is when things take a dark turn. And maybe this is why you and I are being a little unkind about Ahura's fashion <laughs> credentials because she basically said that she wants Tia to go home next. And she's angry that Tia's still there. She's saying she doesn't deserve to be there. And she's like, oh, you know, she just makes all these jokes on the runway and she's just like desperate. This was a very bad look on, on Ahura. Like Ahura's whole vibe is to be kind of, so far has been to be like a bit bitchy and like, she's the mean girl but so far it's been fun kind of yeah. whereas this was like maybe it's because you know we here at the drag race recap podcast uk are official tea of coffee stands that i was like well this isn't fun anymore now you're just coming for our girl and I and, and, agree. and coming for her in a way that's like oh yeah like she made funny jokes on the runway and everyone's like charmed by her and loves her it's like yeah she's great it doesn't matter if she's come out in a green screen outfit she's the best I completely agree. This was not fun. This was like, I think, and I've said from the word go that Ahura is a troublemaker. Um, I, feel, <laughs> I feel like a teacher. I feel like a teacher or like a parent, parent teacher concert. Ahura is a troublemaker. And I've said that all along. Um, but yeah, this was just not nice. So proud of my girl, Ronnie G, for uh, sticking up for yeah. our girl Tia. So then Tia, they all trot backstage, don't they, the bottoms? And um Tia says, well, she's upset and she says that she's way better than what she's shown, which I believe. Yeah. Uh, but you're in episode three. Show yeah. it. And then there's then there's obviously the judges do their do their critiques at the bottoms while they're backstage and, and we've kind of covered most of it. But what I will say, there's a very funny moment when they're when they're talking about Tia, when the judges on the main stage are talking about Tia and she's backstage, just like they show the girls uh, either sitting there or like practicing the lip sync. And they basically <laughs> They cut to Tia and she's practicing the lip sync in the mirror and she lifts her arm up and there's a huge hole in her armpit of her outfit. And she just like looks at the hole in her armpit and she's like, whatever. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it just, I was like, again, she's funny. So they all come back out, don't they? Back into that mm. stage. And we find out who is safe. We've got Tace. She is safe. Of course she fucking is. We've yeah. got Ellie Diamond. She's safe. Of course she fucking is. And we've got Ginny Lemon. And you know what? She deserved to be safe as well. Yeah, I think that maybe, I guess if you were just, I, I think maybe some people could say that maybe Ginny deserved to be in the bottom instead of Estina, maybe. Uh, but I still feel like the the everything that went into Ginny's thing was way more powerful than what Estina did just with her look, right? Yes, I think Ginny showed progression and transformation. And I think that Ginny's got more potential in the long run. As I said before, Estina, yeah. she's just not ready for this. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, definitely. Ginny, like, Ginny showed that this is just the, the beginning of even more of what she already has, which is already so strong that, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so that yeah. means... In our bottom tube, we've got Tia Coffee and Estina Mandela. So they're going to do a lip sync. They are going to do a lip sync to Don't Start Now by Dula Peep. Yeah, Dula Peep. <laughs> um, yeah, so this this was, I feel like some of the lip syncs have been a little bit, like that one from last week was so weird. I, I was very happy to see like a good, a good like pop song that they were going to do. And then, so this basically was, kind of Estina was doing a very like dancer version of this song and Tia went for 
dancer actually some like dancery elements but also she went for like the fun and the funny and i feel like i feel like unless you're gonna like at this point in drag race unless you're gonna like backflip your way off the stage and like you know what i like fly off to the moon i feel like funny is still always gonna win over like dance stuff because i think that they've everyone's seen the dance stuff so much that it's not as much of a like reveal which is actually a shame because i do think there's you know estina was amazing but i don't know tia just had like she just had a finger on what was more funny yeah estina was amazing unfortunately she's a bit charmless she doesn't have she's she's technically captivating but ultimately not captivating it it was it was watching a very good dancer performing a stage. And that's what she was, as we know, she's a backing dancer for Little Mix, some of our faves, but it wasn't, I don't know. It just wasn't there. Yeah. And, and it's just stuff like Tia had that great combination of, she did that like back bend, which was technically very good, but she made it funny by being like, Oh, my back. And then like, you know, she like threw herself to the ground and she did that well, but it was also funny. She did that little like tit shake to the like, ding bit in the song which was great she just like really really like she just yeah she was just she's captivating and that really proved it so basically at the end of that lip sync estina man uh at the end of that lip sync uh tia was told shantae you stay and estina was told to sashay away and she did her catchphrase rude as she left and i thought this was actually a good use of that catchphrase it was funny it was, it was, because I found it a bit annoying when she entered the workroom, but here it worked well. And I appreciated she she seemed she quite dignified. humble. She was dignified she, and she seemed quite humble because I was worried she's young and she's, I don't know, I was just worried she was going to be um, not graceful in her exit, but I thought she was. Yeah, it was a very dignified exit. And, uh, and Tia was like, shook shooketh to her very core that she didn't get sent home i think she thought that was definitely her time didn't she totally here's the thing i just want i just want tia from next week onwards to be like look you belong here and i fucking do better and just give her a quick shake and then launch her i just this is her this honestly is her last chance isn't it yeah yeah it's it's uh, it's tough because we love her so much, but in the, in the terms of drag race as a show, the next challenge has to be something that really suits her. Well, should we talk about the little preview we saw of next week? Oh, rem- remind me. I don't even remember what it was. What is it? They are doing a morning TV spoof. And who's <gasps> the judge? I'll tell you who the judge is. It's wee Lorraine Kelly. It's a wee shame not to know. Oh, it's dead cozy. How are you? You're looking great. <laughs> <laughs> And guys, is- we will be hearing we will be hearing from Lorraine Kelly next week. Not because she's going to contact us, but Ben is so good at that accent that we will be doing it <laughs> the entire time. Lorraine <laughs> Kelly, as we've discussed before, is my snatch game. My dream is to do just snatch game, no other episode of Drag Race, but just snatch game, but with Lorraine Kelly present. So it's just me and Lorraine talking back and forth like two parrots to one another, going, "Ah, uh-huh, yeah, ah, uh-huh, yeah, I know, ah, uh-huh, you're looking great." <laughs> Right, so babes, good. that was it. That was the episode. Final thoughts. Oh, uh, I thought this was really good. I thought they did. I really loved how the challenge was a little more simple and we got a little bit more kind of like just the gals just being themselves. Because these girls, I think I sent this as, as a text to uh, George and Teddy after I finished watching. I was just like, 
I love these girls. Like, I love I all of them individually with like all of my heart, even the ones that I'm not being that kind about. I still love. It's a really just such a good bunch. And like, I genuinely, I like, covered my eyes when they were doing the deliberation for who was going to go home in this episode because I was so invested in Tia Coffee staying longer. And it just is a sign of how good this season is that I'm like, completely invested also a sign yeah. of the fact that nothing else is going on in my life but that's besides the goddamn point even if the world was open and my life was normal i would still feel like tear coffee leaving would break my heart i agree i i appreciate the fact that you referred to them as like a a, a good bunch it reminds yeah. me of like you know a, a mom at school being like oh they're you know do you know what the kids in school they're a lovely bunch <laughs> And on that note, on that note, much like Jordan Dehoun, I'm going to go and construct an outfit made of old sticks. What are you going to do? I am going to top up my gin and just uh, just look forward to to next week's episode. Well, also we need to have a full phone call after this about Batman and Robin, the musical, which we're going to write oh and that stay whole session, the whole planning <laughs> session of Batman and Robin, the musical. Um, co-produced by Shul, Joel, Shul Jumacher, Joel Schumacher. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Joel Schumacher? That's his name, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> he, we need him involved because I do not want his creative 90s genius going to waste. Oh, it's going to be so good. All right, well, look out for that as well, everyone. We need your support when uh, Batman and Robin the Musical hits stages near you. Off-Broadway? <laughs> I think so far off Broadway that it's in the pits of hell. Thank you for listening to Drag Race Recap UK. This episode was produced by Bree Weiss. If you've got something to say, get in touch. Drop us an email at dragracerecapuk at afterthought.media. Yes, and please listen to us on our podcast, You're Welcome America. It's available on iTunes, Spotify, and all those good places. And follow us on our Instagram. We're at You're Welcome America, which is the letters You Are Welcome America. For bonus Drag Race UK content and more, support the show over at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. Drag Race Recap UK is an afterthought media podcast.